Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll seek to answer the age-old question, is it a sin to emotionally abuse someone? Now, emotional abuse is one of those topics that's pretty much one you can never touch unless you're the person who is speaking in favor of someone who has been or is being emotionally abused. You can never really talk about this in any other light. And so we wanted to take this opportunity before we really jump into the discussion to get, provide an extra warning for people just to say, hey, strap in, prepare yourselves, make sure that you've got your emotional support peacock beside you at the ready, ready to support your emotions as they might get abused in this episode. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, why don't, why don't we just go ahead and, and jump right into the episode? If you've got, if you don't have your peacock at the ready, just pause real quick, go and grab them and then come back and we'll still be here. So, um, I'll wait a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> now, Tim, um, what do you think? What's the answer to this question? Is it a sin to emotionally abuse someone? Yeah, that's one, that's one of those questions that um, essentially I really have no idea what we're even saying when we use those words. And so it's a it's definitely a difficult question to answer because you're using words in such a way that garners a certain kind of sympathy. Uh, so immediately when you say uh, emotional abuse, we're trained to have a certain kind of reaction that treats all those kind of claims with the same level of seriousness that you might treat uh, the kind of situation where, uh, you know, a woman is essentially being um, beat, you know, every night uh, by her husband, you know, with a chainsaw or something like that. And so, uh, you know, when, when you're using that kind of word, essentially, everyone's mind goes to the worst case scenario and right, everything. We need to recoil. We right, need to right. Recoil you, you need, instantly. Not only do you recoil, but then whoever is making the claim to be abused, then the rules of a game are that you're uh, supposed to basically believe them and not shame them and uh, support them and and it's take the victim status. Right. Yeah, got it. Right. So right when you, you right when you say that you're being emotionally abused, then essentially the rules of the game are that everyone has to come along and take your side and 
not disagree with you in any way. And basically you gain, you know, this, you know, from emotional abuse, you gain, uh, you know, all the support and validation and, you know, advocacy and, you know, everything else all the way up until, you know, the worst case scenario of physical abuse, whatever that means that you can possibly imagine. And so uh, the problem is like these words, they just, they become infinitely plastic, essentially. So the word, the like the word abuse itself is a word that has such a broad range of meanings that it now has become basically a useless and worthless term. Uh, but then when you add emotional abuse onto that, then you're also dealing with a broad range of spectrum of behavior that, you know, it's not necessarily intuitive what you're even talking about when you're using that kind of language. And there's no settled agreed upon definition of what we're even talking about. Uh, you know, so like emotional abuse could constitute someone saying something that you didn't like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or misgendering someone, you know, dead naming someone. I'm sure people have, yeah. have accused us of being emotionally abusive uh, I mean, on the you podcast. Know, probably most of our titles would fall under <laughs> <laughs> and our trigger warning would fall under the you know, broader rubric of emotional abuse. So uh, like so the, the issue then is that you're using like you're using a word that uh, pretty much most church, like like most of our big name evangelical church leaders, have been trained to basically fall in line and and just respond to that word with the utmost seriousness um, and treat like any claim to that word as being just um, something that you know they should probably report. You know, like uh, pastors are mandatory reporters as it relates to that kind of thing in in a lot of states. And, you know, under those definitions of mandatory reporter laws, it, it includes up until emotional abuse. The problem is, like, if you're dealing with a term like that, you, you know, the, the term that really has lost its meaning, like, you're just, you're using words in such a way that it's unhelpful, so it's difficult to even know what we're talking about when we're using those kind of words. So then if you're trying to answer the question, you know, is it ever okay to emotionally abuse someone? Well, I guess it just depends on what you're talking about. So it seems like if what we're talking about is saying something mean to someone or saying something that someone doesn't like or that, you know, quote unquote, you know, hurts their feelings, uh, it seems to me that Jesus said a pl plenty of mean things to people that they didn't like and that hurt their feelings. And, you know, he even, like to the Pharisees, like threatened, you know, violence against them in this life and the next you know <laughs> so <laughs> like you know what do you scribes and pharisees hip, hypocrites you know like this temple system is going down you know like uh th th you, you know you're you're going to be twice a child a child a child of hell as uh, those you're misleading you know like so like it's uh, it's complicated essentially so you're trying to answer that question it's complicated what are we talking about like what are we even saying and, you know, I would, I would think, um, you know, my own perspective is we need to uh, put a moratorium essentially on the use of the term abuse and just use terms that are clear that define what we're talking about, because these are just words that don't, they've lost their meaning, you know? So like if everything is abuse, nothing is abuse. And, like, right. and so the point, like, you know, as I've made this point over the years, it's interesting because people generally, they just get really, really mad at me, like really, really mad at me. And like when they get mad at me. I can't it, understand why. Well, 
<laughs> the funny thing about it though is when they get mad at me and you know say all manner of evil things against me, like I can't claim to be emotionally abused at that point. I mean, nobody, <laughs> like, you know, no, no one's going to take my side. You know, like uh, so, like it's it's really it's just like a, it's almost like a religious kind of um, uh, claim, like that's being made. Like when you use that, there's a like a expected response that you need to bow down and worship and serve if you don't give it then you're you know you're the devil literally and you Mm -hmm. any manner of like violence can be you know threatened against you uh and is appropriate too because you become like the literal incarnation of hitler if you question like the meaning of words at that point but essentially we just need to use different words like as part of the point we just need to use words that are clear i can uh, so part part of a response to that is is it ever a sin to emotionally abuse someone? Like, well, part of the response is like, what are we even talking about? Like, what are we even saying? Like, right. What constitutes that? Like, what falls into that category? Like, you know, because there's a lot of things. To, it seems to me that fall into that category that, you know, I'm not going to adopt all the rules that people demand I adopt b- because it seems to me that there's examples in the Bible of doing that very thing. Uh, but then there is a, um, you know, th- there there are things that might be included in that label that I would say are off limits to the Christian. And then there are things included in that label that aren't, you know, so what are we saying? Okay. Okay. So, so how exactly, like if we're going to have that conversation, basically you're saying, hey, that term emotional abuse Really, in our day and age, it's not a very helpful term because it doesn't really communicate much of anything. What what exactly? Um, it's a demand. Like it, what it communicates is a demand that anyone who uses that expression be essentially believed and validated and affirmed. And whatever response that they want to take to that perceived emotional abuse is right and justified and can't be criticized. So it gives like the like the individual who makes that like the the only thing that is clear is that when an individual claims to be emotionally abused, you must take their side and you must agree with everything they're saying and not only that agree with any step of action that they take in response to that. So like if an individual claims to be emotionally abused, then there's a demand that you must support them in pursuing a divorce even to their spouse, right? Right. right. So like you have to believe their interpretation of like whatever situation they're in. You have to validate them as a person and you have to allow them the permission to respond however they want to. <laughs> this, like, right. Short of like, you know, probably violence, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, like if someone if someone came out and was like, "Hey, my my pastor is emotionally abusing me, so I had to leave that church." Right. No, no one would be allowed to come out and say, "Well, hang on, whoa, 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 what? What, let, what did he wait do?" A second. <laughs> yeah. What What happened? Right. You know, right. Like, so it's a demand. Like so that that phrase becomes a demand that you must agree with me and support. Like my, whatever I need to do in order to remove myself from this, you know, toxic situation and all that. Right. So it's just, but then beyond that though, what are we even talking about? Right. Like what happened? And like, but then you're not even allowed to ask that question. Essentially, you're not even allowed to say what happened. Right. Right. Like what are, what happened? Like, so before I jump on your side and say, yes, 
you know, he's Hitler and you're, you know, um, the, the Virgin Mary or something, right? Like, <laughs> go full Catholic, right? Like, I, I, before I, I, I have to basically just, I can't even say, like, what are we saying? Like, what, what does that mean, right? And if you say right. that, it's like, you hateful bigot, you, you know, how dare you? Like, and then I'm just like, you're re-abusing them by even asking you're the question. You're shaming the victim. Right, right. Because you're, you know, asking them to explain what they mean, you know, haven't they been through enough, right? And so, so it's just like, but then you still don't know what they're saying, right? So what what are we saying? Right. And it could mean anything, right? Yeah. I mean, and so it could mean like, it could mean like, the, you know, the, actually the pastor was doing the right thing and you're just like a crybaby, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's shocking, you know. But you're that, born with paper skin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could be the case. I mean, it could be that maybe the pastor did something that was wrong, but you're still being a crybaby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, or it could be that, no, what he did was really, really wrong and disqualifying and you need to leave, right? Right. Maybe, you know, really, really wrong and disqualifying. Maybe you should stick it out or, you know, really, really wrong, really, really disqualifying it. So long pattern of time, it's time to go. Maybe, you know, all those things are live options, but you're not even allowed to ask what we're talking about. And so, right. So part of it is just the, the word abuse itself is like unhelpful. And then when you combine it with like emotional abuse, then like you have another animal there that's just um, added layers of confusion to everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like meaning like you, like you, like it's not entirely clear. Um, like to me that emotions can be abused at all. Okay. What do you, what do you mean? Let me think about it. <laughs> like, like, uh, like an emotion is like joy, right? Mm-hmm. Sadness. Yeah, yeah. Depression. All right. So when I when I say that you emotionally abused me, like, what am I saying? Like that you abused my sad emotion. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is this this is the moment to start to start bringing your emotional support peacock in close. <laughs> I mean, that's just not the way emotions work, man. I mean, they don't work that way. You know, like you can't like like you can't harm my emotions. Like like I, I emote. You know, I respond. Like my my emotions respond, rightly or wrongly, to your behavior. And so, like it's not like even true that my emotions are just these neutral things that can't be helped, right? Mm-hmm. Like meaning, like it's not like you can't damage my emotions. My emotions work just fine. Like you're not doing it. You're not harming my emotions. You're not damaging my emotions. You're not doing anything to my emotions. Like what, what's actually happening when I feel sad, when you say something I dislike is that like, I, like I've um, trained myself to have a kind of character that is going to respond to like some kind of negative thing that I don't like either in a, in a way that's emotionally controlled or in a way that's emotionally out of controlled, out of control and so, like, meaning, like, it's either going to be, I'm either going to respond emotionally appropriate to the offense or emotionally out of proportion to the offense. And so it's not as if my emotions are off limits. And it's not as if they're even able to be damaged. They just, they're functioning based on, you know, how I'm thinking and how I act and how I've trained myself to respond to certain situations like that. So, I mean, you know, like what, you know, partly like, as a Christian, you're supposed to, like the Bible says that, 
Uh, it's the glory of good sense makes one slow to anger. And it's a glory of a man to overlook an offense. What that means is you should be training yourself to have the kind of character that good sense would make you slow to anger, meaning that anytime someone says something you don't like, you don't give your emotions just a free pass to emote sadness and anger, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, and then you, what you don't do is you say, like, you, like, you have to take some sort of responsibility for your emotions too. Like, you have to say, I guess a glory of a man to overlook an offense, meaning, yeah, you said something rude, but I don't have to let myself be affected by that, right? I, right. Why do I like? I, I'm in. You're not in charge of my emotions. I'm in charge of my emotions, and like I can train myself to, like, just be reduced to a blubbering mess of tears anytime anyone says something I don't like. Or I can train myself to have control over my emotions. And the more that you practice, the better you get. But like, the issue is you're not harming them anyways. You're not abusing my emotions anyways. It's just a nonsense kind of way of speaking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. So overall. Uh, you're saying that this term emotional abuse is essentially, it's a demand, right? Right. Um, is there in your, in your mind and your understanding, is there any sort of category for emotional or verbal abuse in scripture? That's yeah. a little more clear <laughs> maybe than just, it's a demand. Well, there's, I mean, there's just any number of things that you could, describe as emotional abuse and so you just have to take each one on a case-by-case basis so the bible says love is not irritable or rude right so Mm -hmm. like being uh uh like being uh consistently rude to an individual over a long period of time that could be considered emotional abuse right Uh uh-huh yeah yeah i mean i just think it's just call it being rude like it would be clearer if you call it being rude but like, let's just say that when the individual is using the term emotional abuse, what they mean is they're being rude over a long period of time, right? Okay. Like, okay, well, that would be sinful, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? So, yeah, it's not very loving. Yeah, it's not loving, it's sinful, right? So, um, you know, Luke, uh, like you can look up abuse in the Bible and it, abuse is kind of like a modern word. And so, meaning like it has like a modern therapeutic kind of use, but then it had a different use before. So like the, like when the, you know, the um, ESV was translated or whatever, it had a certain use. And now it's like, they really need to go back into the ESV and change like the three times that word shows up, you know, but, but uh, Luke six twenty eight, bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Well, like the word abuse there means to treat someone in a despicable manner or threaten or mistreat someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some kind of category for treating someone in a despicable manner, like treating them in a subhuman kind of manner, like uh, treating them like a dog, right? Yeah. Treating them like an animal, you know, and you can imagine how that could go. Like, you know, you're just worthless, you're trash, you're, you know, um, what, you, you know, like, Everyone in your life would be better off if you were just dead. Something like that, right? Uh, so speak, treat someone in a despicable manner and then like threatening them, you know, so there's like threats of violence there or just treating someone poorly. So, I mean, there's like, there's like a standard meaning of that. Most often, like, you know, like you have, uh, like with abuse, like you, you have like the, the physical kind of get beat up connotation, right? Right. 
Right. So, I mean, you might have like a physical get beat up connotation, um, which, um, you know, drive out a scoffer and uh, strife will go out and quarreling and, and abuse will cease, right? So, like, that's you know, probably talking about, like, loud shouting, yelling, you know, possibly coming to blows or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's certainly those kind of categories of threatening and intimidating and, uh, you, know, um, so, you know, demeaning someone, treating them like, garbage or trash like like there's certainly things like that in the bible that are clearly sinful uh for the most part you know it kind of sounds like just this is off the top of my head i i haven't you know studied this deeply or anything but just hearing what you read it kind of sounds like the words still have a pretty strong connotation of like physical response doesn't it like like threats of violence kind of thing yeah i mean i I think like the the way that most people would generally i mean the way that most people like the way we used to think about that word abuse is it has a strong connection to actually like assault or something like that right (laughs) but then like it's not like uh you know it like there's like um in the bible it's not like um uh, like there's categories in the Bible, like let a righteous man strike me or something like that. And so the, like, there's not just like, you know, any kind of physical corporal punishment, contact, uh, disrespect towards a person, you know, we're, we're very sensitive as a society right now that everything is treated like as if it's just like, um, someone trying to kill you essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. If it goes to blows, it's just like treated like that. But then, you know, like there's plenty of schoolyard bullies out there who are just trying to embarrass someone who's not necessarily trying to kill them, you know? <laughs> so, right. And there is, I mean, we, you used to live in a kind of society that had a greater tolerance for that, but then like related to the subject of bullying and everything else, like we're, we're very kind of, we go to the ex- most extreme example of all of these things now. Uh, and you don't have these kind of categories anymore, but yeah, I, I think certainly most people would understand like that, kind of language in general to be um, related to just uh, someone maybe um, disrespecting someone and slapping them around kind of thing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I guess when it comes to interacting with someone who says that they've been abused it seems uh, so it seems like that's a pretty difficult thing to navigate overall yeah um i mean honestly it kind of seems like everyone and their mother is a victim of abuse these days right uh especially like just go online go on go on twitter and and you'll see all sorts of claims of you know i had to block so and so cuz they're just so toxic and <laughs> and you know abusive and but that's where it's so unhelpful it's like it's so unhelpful when you're talking that way because like what you're actually doing is you're actually making a word have no meaning anymore and then it's just like if you're a person who's coming along and saying what are we saying like maybe we should be more careful in what we're saying then you're like then you're trivial like then you're accused of trivializing like real abuse it's like no i'm trivializing the fake stuff man Right. I'm not trivializing the real stuff. I'm I'm saying like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't belong in that category. So can we use a different word, please? 
But anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because the question was essentially going to be, well, what do we do? I mean, how do you even sort through like yeah. what is legitimate, you know, um, uh, sin that's taking place uh, between people versus what's just, you know, people being soft. Yeah. Well, I think the most helpful thing that you can do is just try to, you know, part of the pur- purpose of a, you know, this kind of podcast is to train people to basically when they hear that word to have it go in one ear and one out the uh, go out the other essentially and just to you know basically say hey when i hear that word i have no idea what that word means right yeah like so how do we like in the same way that when you're called a racist nowadays like nowadays what you have to do is you have to say i have no idea what that means so can you please explain to me precisely what you're talking about please Mm -hmm. right now, like if you ask that question and the person gets mad at you, then you need to just stare at them nonplussed and say, no, please explain to me what you're saying because I've you know been on Twitter before, right? Right. <laughs> like I've been on Twitter before and literally like, and that's just a major problem with contemporary discourse in general is that like even like, uh, you know, individuals in our circles, probably they talk about, you know, like when people disagree with them, they're attacking me, right? It's just like, my goodness, like grow up, like quit using that word, you know, quit using those kind of words. Like they're not attacking you. They didn't hit you. They didn't throw anything at you. Like they literally just disagreed with you. Like, so stop it, you know, cut it out, like quit using those words. And like, I mean, I, like every time I hear someone say that, I just kind of roll my eyes and say, like, just grow up. Right. Like you're not being attacked. Like this and is, then you get counted in the group of people that are attacking them. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I want to do that even on t- times where I agree with them, like that the other person is in the wrong. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. stop talking that way. Like I don't like. Right. I don't have any patience. Like just n- nothing. Like like that is it's meaningless what you're saying. Like you're you're uh, you're uh, butchering the English language. Like and and it's not helping anyone in anything. So like, how are we supposed to like I you cannot demand of me that I treat every use of the word abuse as if it's just like this, uh, like the worst possible thing that could ever happen if you use it in so many different ways. So what are we saying? You know, and I, and I think part of what we have to do is like we have to, as a church culture, encourage people to use clearer terms. Like, like and, and part of that is just related to a discussion about the sufficiency of the Bible. If the Bible is sufficient, then what you need to do is you need to use biblical language in order to describe what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And now that's related to physical abuse. Like, I don't know what that means. That's related to, you know, uh, you, know, <laughs> um, you know, Tom Buck got himself in trouble because, uh, you know, his, he, his wife, you know, shared that story with Karen Swallow Pryor essentially about how he, she put a Coke on the, cold Coke on the back of his neck and he, you know, slapped her hand and uh told her you know stop it i mean it sounded kind of like the kind of thing that like a parent would do to a child and like after he's interacted with his children at that point a long time it might be just that he had a little bit of a temper problem and you know you respond to your wife the same way you respond to a child or something but like the point though is just to say that like whatever that was that's not him like giving her a black eye every night right Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. Like, so whatever is, ha- but then the problem is that we're like, you're, if you use those language of being abused, 
then people are going to go there with it. And what do you expect? Like, what do you expect to happen? And so, like, we need to stop, like, using that word as it relates to physical uh, abuse. Like, we need to use different language, biblical language. We need to stop using it as it relates to verbal or emotional abuse. Like, we need to stop using that label as it relates to sexual abuse. Like, because it's the same thing that's happening in every single conceivable category. It's a useless word. Stop using it. Use different words. If you're talking about sexual abuse, what are you talking about? Are you talking about rape? Like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about consensual sex amongst adults? What are you saying, right? And if you would just use biblical categories, we could interact with them in a helpful way and know what we're talking about. But like, so like when you're talking about physical abuse, what are you talking about? My husband is hitting me every night. Like he's hitting, he hit me once. Like he, you know, I was literally hovering over him screaming at him and, uh, you know, spitting in his face and he pushed me away. Like, what are we saying? Use different word so that I can know how to respond, right? Like, what are we saying? Like, so, like, uh, and the same thing with emotional abuse. Like, I I think it would do people well to just use language that makes sense, that's clear, that actually communicates, like, what you're talking about in, in a way that is helpful. Like, and so, and that's just not, it's not helpful language. And so what are, what are you saying? Like my husband yells at me every night. My wife yells at me every night, you know, and part of it's just like, it, it's not really allowed to go that way, but you know, there's probably many husbands out there who are verbally abused by their wives. It's just no one cares, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally no one cares, you know, but the point though is just to say that like, it's, this isn't just a problem. Like this is a problem that both genders are committing in different ways, but then what is happening Right, and what are what are reasonable expectations about how it should be handled? You know, so um, you know what you know. Once a year, you get in a bad fight, and your you know your husband or wife starts screaming at you. Like, what are we saying? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- like, what what are we talking about? And like, and well, at that point, it's time to pack up the bags and leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, like, you are living in a society right now that basically hates marriage and it hates any notion of authority in marriage. And, and so, right. like, there's no, like, like what what's happened is that this word abuse has been, like, a tool that's been used uh, to great effect to, uh, you know, give the enemies of God all the permission they need to destroy his institution of marriage and the family. And, and so once that label sticks, then there's nothing... Um, what then then everyone is there's a demand and like you can tell the guys who um who just are following the cultural like the zeitgeist orders at this point because like right when they hear that word they're just like circus monkeys man they come out and they march uh just like they're expected to march right they bow down to it yeah they do And, and they'll come out and just like you know it's just like oh they hear that word and it's just like hey you know i like utmost seriousness like you you know i am I want to make a public statement that I'm against abuse in all forms, you know? And it's just like, but what are we talking about, man? Like, <laughs> right. what are we even saying? Like, what, 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 what are we talking about first? Like, you know, before I make my public statement that all abuse in every form is always, you know, wrong and there's no justification for it. And, you know, it's toxic and hateful and smash the patriarchy and all that. What, what are we saying first, you know? So, right. but yeah, I mean, what should, what we should do is like, we should ban those words, you know, like thoughtful Christians should, Basically, just say I. I don't know what that means. You explain it to me in different terms. What we're talking about with mm-hmm. specifics before I, before you get any 
sympathy from me, any anything from me. I want to know what you're saying first, okay? Because I don't know what that word means. Just in the same way that like th- that individuals have done with racism now, there's been a lot of guys out there who, when they hear the word racism, they basically say, all right, right? Right. Be, yeah. be specific, right? So uh, we need to do that. And then we need to ask, you know, what are we saying? You know, the follow-up yeah. is, what are we saying? And like use biblical language and then let's go with the biblical language at that point. What are we saying? Right. Right. Yeah. It does seem, it does seem like it is pretty similar to like the, um, the other names that kind of get thrown around these days. So racist, I'm sh- I'm sexist, bigot, homophobia. Yeah, I mean, that that's just like the number one strategy of any progressive person ever is to just, like step one is to just call you a you know homophobe or a racist or uh you know Abuser. transphobic or whatever you know and um like you hate you know woman hater <laughs> whatever and it's uh I remember I remember even just a year ago really some of those words were kind of like oh someone called me that you know like right. that's kind of hurtful this feels like you know maybe 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 in the back of my mind i'm even like man i'm getting abused right now by these people <laughs> but but you know Cut now it it's just like now it's just like yeah i literally don't care yeah you call me that i mean the words have no meaning whatsoever right. so so I, it makes I, sense that it makes sense what you're saying when you're talking about abuse i don't i don't necessarily think people think this way but I think they don't at this yet. point we probably should. No, they don't. You know, they don't yet, but they should. We should have we, we, we should have Yeah, we should have like years ago. Right. Like, this is like I mean, this has been going on for years and no one's saying it. Like, right. like I don't know anyone who's like saying I I mean, I'm not like copying some blog post I heard somewhere like no one like this is just that word that has no meaning that I'm waiting for all the big name evangelical leaders to come around come about, you know come on and basically wake up to like the game that's being run on them. And it's just like, this is like, this word means nothing, you know, anymore. Like in any of its iterations, like, what are we talking about? Like sexual abuse? I don't know what we're talking about. You know, you're talking about emotional abuse. I don't know what we're talking about. You're talking about physical abuse. I still don't know what we're talking about. What are we saying? You know, but it is like, you know, I I remember years ago, Todd Pruitt um, from Mortification Spin, he wrote some article that was critical of some of the pre-woke stuff, like the proto-woke stuff. And, you know, all the predictable fellows at the time called him a racist. And he, like, he was like, like he just rolled over and <laughs> deleted his article. Oh, really? He dele- deleted his article and he's like, I will not subject my family, you know, to this gross word, you know, and I, how, you know, how I just, you know, deletes his article and it's just like, he's so afraid of that word, you know, but now, like people have just woken, like, they they're you know woke uh, to <laughs> <laughs> they're awake <laughs> they're awake uh, yeah to like what's actually the game is actually being pr- played and I mean now it's just like man whatever you know whatever use a different word if you want me to pay attention you know but we need to do that with abuse for sure in yeah. all of its forms like what are we talking about and I'm not I'm not like I am not going to pretend that whenever that word is used that we are talking about like, you know, the kind of situation, like the most extreme situation imaginable where a husband is essentially, or, um, you know, um, throwing mercilessly things, beating his yeah, wife. Yeah. Or throwing night. things at her head, you know, or like, uh, 
attempting to strangle her in her sleep or something like we like for, come on like what are we saying first and and like because the spectrum's so wide then there's no one size fits all response to what we're even saying at that point right you know I mean, there are plenty of situations where a person can claim to be emotionally abused where you need to look at them and, and say grow up you know like yeah. gr- or stop being such a horrible person you know, like, mm-hmm. like really, like you're a horrible person and like you literally berate your spouse every day and disrespect them and defy them. And the moment, like, you know, after five months of it, they lose their temper and raise their voice and, and tell you to stop and you're calling it abuse, you know? Right. Like, so what, what are we talking about? You know? And so now that's not to say that like there isn't a real category for, you know, an individual that is going to like really just treat their spouse or a loved one like garbage and like they're trash and like they're uh, like just a toilet that, you know, it's only good for uh, solid waste or something like there are those kind of situations, but let's use other words to describe them. So and then we can know what we're talking about and how to respond even yeah yeah um and i think it goes without saying but you know probably some people are going to hear this conversation and say oh, okay well they just don't care about you know <laughs> abuse vi- you know victims or whatever and i think i think it's been pretty clear but i'll i'll ask you just you know for the sake of those people listening but I think I don't think what you're saying is all right, you know, that means this never happens and don't even worry yourself with when you're saying like hey, we need to let we need to let those terms go in one ear and out the other. What you're not saying is like hey, don't like don't just ignore what's going on and and just not ask any questions about it. You know, you're more just you're you're more just saying um like it's probably time to just stop taking those terms themselves so seriously and yeah, just try I, and find better descriptors. Yeah. I mean, I think if someone is like, um, like, you know, do I care about, like, if you're trying to ask, do I care about abuse victims? It's like, well, I care about everyone, you know, mm-hmm. like, but I don't know what the word abuse victim means. So you tell me what it Wait, means. Wait, hang on, hang on, Tim. Yep. Are you saying you care about abusers? <laughs> I care about abuse, you know, wonder of wonders, big shock. You know, I care about abusers too, you know. You're I not ca- allowed to do that, Tim. You can only care about the victim. No, no, I care about abusers. Like, and, uh, I, uh, you know, I, but like the thing is, I don't even know what the word means. So like if, if someone is saying that, I want to ask questions and get them to be specific. And like, um, you know, but there's not like, um, you know, what we're trained to do is like whenever you hear that word, it's basically you just go call the cops immediately, and then mm-hmm. like, like, hey, you know, do we need to separate you from your, you know, spouse or something like that? And it's like, wait a minute, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, can we just ask? Right. Can we ask what we're saying first? You know, like what? You know, and, and I've been in enough like counseling situations where like that kind of word is being used, and like what the lady meant was literally that as she's yelling at her husband her husband like looked at her with like a facial expression that was somewhat mean looking. 
like, abuse. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like that's what they were talking about. Like, and it, like that, and it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I mean, I, I, I can just, you know, remember is multiple scenarios like this. Like, but like, there's one in particular that I'm thinking about where, like. Like the lady is building it up, she's in tears, and like you know, her husband's so mean, mean to her, and like, and like, you know, and I'm sitting there saying, "What did he do? You know, what did he do? You know?" And she's looking at me, and she's saying, "You know," as she was screaming at him, he looked at her, and he's just like, grits his teeth for a minute, and then walked off. <laughs> and it's like that's abuse. It. It's like it's like that was it. You know, you were. Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, you don't know the way he looked at me. Like, you're talking about a look, though. Yes. And it's like, and you were screaming at him. Yes, you know. It's like, what, what, what is he supposed to do? <laughs> like, what is he supposed to <laughs> Wait, do? Wait, and, and it was a look just one time or like a bunch of times? And like he was shaking his fist or something at you? No. Nope, nope, no, just the one time. Just the one time, you know. And it's like... Uh, Abuse. <laughs> You know, but it, it's like he's bigger than me, and he's scary, and he's. It's like, but you're screaming. You're screaming. Has he ever hit you? Has he? No, he's never hit you. He's never shoved you. He's never even yelled at you. Like the guy never even yelled at her, in his life. But she's saying he's emotionally abusing him because he, like, after her yelling at him for ten minutes straight, got a mean look on his face. You know, it's that kind of thing, and it's just like, like, I don't know what to do there, but. Whatever that is, like, no, you don't have permission to divorce him. I'm sorry. You know, you don't, you don't, like, like no, we're not. And she, she's going, dang it. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm sorry. I, I like, um, why are you yelling at him? You know, like, uh, it seems like you're more out of control than him. You know, how dare you, you know? But like, you know, and that's not what's happening in every case, obviously, but you, you do have to ask those kind of questions and you can't. Right. You have to figure out what are we saying, and so like for the individuals though who like, yeah, I, I mean, there's like, man, there's like nothing, there's little that's more you know horrible in life than having a loved one who has a temper problem and who takes that temper problem out on you on a regular basis, and you know like I, like that's awful. It, that's awful now like what how do you respond to that temper problem depends on like what we're saying right like what are we talking about how does the temper manifest itself what are we talking about and there's uh you know one of the things that's amazing is that first peter 3 tells wives to be subject to your husbands even if some do not obey and win them over without a word as they observe your chase and respectful conduct and then that you know peter goes on to say um even as sarah obeyed abraham calling him Lord, and you are her daughters if you do good and do not fear anything that's frightening. Meaning, like, like there are, like, there isn't some biblical command essentially to say that anything that's unpleasant or uncomfortable in the course of marriage is, like, that might even be slightly scary, like, is ipso facto evidence that you should divorce. Like, it just doesn't go there. But at the same time, I mean, you, you look at those kind of, like, there are situations that I wouldn't wish upon their worst enemies. And, like, you know, uh, a spouse, uh, like a husband, a wife, spouse who has a temper problem that's persistent and out of control and just regular feature of life where it just goes, you know, irrational. I mean, I can tell you, like, 
you know, equal times where it's the woman and it's the man, you know, like it's just, there's no like respective gender, but I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I sympathize for them. And I, you know, I, my heart goes out to them, you know, but then what are we saying? You know, when we're talking about these kind of things and what is the biblical response and, and it, it is, and it isn't just that anytime anything unpleasant happens, you know, you, it's, um, time to leave i mean it's for richer for poorer for better for worse till death do us part there's a lot that goes into that and it doesn't seem to me that we have uh, simple answers to these questions that anytime you hear that word it's just you know blank check to remove yourself from the toxicity but there are situations that i don't envy and wish upon anyone for sure and some of which are just you know um you know not just uh the verbal kind of stuff too that are pretty awful so what should the response be say all right say you know you're talking to someone you're counseling someone whatever and you're asking that they're saying hey i'm i'm being emotionally abused verbally abused whatever you want to call it and you're asking them the questions hey what do you mean you know be more specific like what specifically is happening and they describe a situation to you that's not just like the, you know, he made that he made that face at me that one time, and I just knew if I, you know, did anything more to push him, then they were gonna, the, you know. The reason why she did that was because her, yeah, you know, growing up, her dad was uh, physically violent towards her mom, mm-hmm. and she was projecting essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, and so she was like her dad, she married someone that looked like her dad a little bit, and, but he never went there with it. And so she's just like, that's what her mom would do, get her dad all riled up and then he'd punch her, you know? Yeah. And then so she'd get him all riled up and he never went there with it, but she's just deathly afraid. She's living, Expecting it. she's living out her childhood, you know, like in right. that way. But like whatever's happening, it's not like it's not real, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's in her brain. It's not like that. Like she's not being abused. Like like she's just like reliving childhood, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so say that you're talking to the person who's not in that situation, but the person who it does actually seem like there's some legitimate, you know, hey, it sounds like whoever you're interacting with is at the very least, you know, dealing with like extreme anger issues and they're taking it out on you in some form. What, what exactly should the counsel be that you give to that person specifically who's dealing with a much more serious uh, situation than just they made a face at me? Yeah, well, let me, I, I, I want to talk about a man in that situation just so that I could say whatever okay. I want to say. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and like no one like will get mad at me here, you know. So, but I mean, I I've known I've known dozens of men in that scenario. Okay. Who are married to women who literally scream and holler at them when they don't get their way and will call them names and will berate them and will insult them and will lose their mind, will yell at them in front of their kids, like will literally just uh, even break stuff and throw stuff. Okay? Okay. All right. So I, I, I know dozens and dozens of guys, and you know what? I've never like counseled them to divorce their wife. Like, so, I mean, I haven't. Like, so, I mean, like, like I think, 
Well, you can't divorce your wife if you're the man in that situation. <laughs> now, if we if we reversed everything, I, we're not going to reverse first, everything. <laughs> the first, the first step. I don't want to talk about that one. I want to talk <laughs> right, about this right, one right, because right. I'm out, because like people lose their mind. You can't hear it, but it's just like no. I mean, I've put been in plenty of situations like that. Like and I like where I've known guys who have been in that kind of scenario, and you know, you know what what do you do? Like you, what you say, hey. Like, uh, ha- has it ever, like, has she ever hit you actually? No, you know, she just screams at me, hollers at me, disrespects me, you know, demeans me, insults me, yeah, um, and, and everything else. And it's like, I mean, I, I do think, like, yeah, do not fear anything that's frightening, right? Okay. You do not fear anything that's frightening. I think all that stuff would go into that kind of category, and I think that you need to, like pray for them and you need to like rebuke them, you know, I think you need to have like a quick statement that you're going to say, don't get into like a verbal, like don't get caught in the whirlwind at that point. You just look at them and you might say like the wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness that God requires. Maybe you can get that out, you know, and at that point you might want to just remove yourself from the situation, right? Mm-hmm. And if they refuse to let you remove themselves from the situation, you pull out your phone, you say, I'm going to call the police if you don't get out of my way. Mm-hmm. that's how this is going to work. You know, I have no tolerance for this. Like you can yell all day long. You can yell, you can yell if you want, but like yell by yourself, break stuff, do whatever you're going to do, but I'm going to leave. And I'm like, if like I'm going to leave and you can yell. And if you refuse to let me, I'm going to call the police and we're going to get a police report about it. That's what we're going to do. And if they won't take that, then you say, uh, and and like, and then like, if you're a Christian, I think like you say, you need to repent of this, like, uh, but I'm not talking to you anymore, and you know, and I'm not gonna ignore it until you repent. If you don't repent, I'm gonna tell the pastors, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to do. So, but none of that involves like, you know, I'm abused, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Like that's a that's a clear response. Like you 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 don't get sucked into it. You say, um, you know, the wrath the wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness that God requires. Right? Something Mm -hmm. quick. Something quick. Some Bible verse. Like leave. They won't let you. Call the cops. You know. And yeah, kind of kind of like last week. You know, one of the one of the things we said is, it seems like, um, you know, obviously victim status is the is the you know the noblest calling anyone can right. ever uh, respond to and and you get a lot there's a lot to gain from being a victim in our society and one of the things we said um, uh, well I say last week actually um, yeah yeah it was, it was last week um, one of the things we were saying was you know, hey you don't need to pursue being a victim like it's something to be desired especially if you're a man right you know, like like that's kind of a sissy thing sure. to be to be pursuing and and desiring in your inmost being and and it seems like this is is sort of an extension of that you know like hey okay so so your spouse is someone who's you know verbally berating you out of control whatever don't don't roll over and 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 respond with the woe is me sort of attitude just understand that 
the Bible speaks to these issues. So lean on the Bible, repeat the Bible out loud as a response to people because it's uh, it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, you know, and it's sufficient for all things. So do that. And then, you know, if you have to involve thir- a third party, just because there's no other way to mediate anything, then you have to do that. But that you're not, don't, don't start acting like you're a victim. Well, I mean, I, I think you, you, um, there's, there's just like, so that, that scenario assumes that like all that is largely unprovoked. Okay. Right. All right. But then like, I do think there's like other questions that you should ask too. So meaning like to help you to, regain some kind of balance okay so most people in those kind of scenarios like the psychological way of doing it is basically just to say that once a person yells at you or something like loses their temper at you it's like you know the classic abuse literature basically encourages people to realize that that's not your fault and you know you're not doing this and they're going to make you think that like that um that you're causing it and everything else and then like you're gonna like take that upon yourself and you know dare to ask yourself am i contributing to this in any way and i would just say that that's that's not helpful either you know so like the first scenario i described where the lady was just trying to i mean she was like a little mousy woman and he's a huge man and she's just like yapping at him like a chihuahua or something like that mm-hmm. you know and then like he looks at her with a disgruntled look on his face like and she's like she's just trying to stir him up and trying to stir him up and trying to get him mad you know and it's just like like whatever's happening in that scenario is not like um nothing's happening there you know but like there's plenty of people who like really are like have anger in different ways okay so anger manifests itself in different ways and it's helpful for people to like understand all the ways in which anger manifests itself so anger is essentially i want what i want when i want it and it can manifest itself in like that explosive anger and it can manifest itself in like quiet anger uh, and cold anger and brooding anger and bitterness, right? So the Bible says, let all bitterness, right? Bitterness is quiet and then mm-hmm. wrath is loud, right? And anger and clamor and then slander is often quiet, uh, be put away from you along with all malice, right? And malice can be quiet or loud, right? Like it's, so like there's like bitterness, like there's quiet anger and there's loud anger. And like a lot of times, like, you know, you can have a situation where um, like I'm not like as a person, like my temperament is not like I'm not a loud, angry kind of person. Like no one who knows me would think like, like I'm a loud, angry kind of person. Like I'm, I'm just I'm not characterized that way. But, you know, I, you know, if there's uh, types of anger that I gravitate towards, it's more the quiet types of anger that I gravitate mm-hmm. towards. But then like the, you know, the humble person is just going to basically say, if the Lord accounts iniquities, who can stand? And there might be plenty of ways that you're provoking, like you're just poking a bear and poking a bear and poking a bear until finally the bear explodes. And then like, then you think to yourself, oh, well now all my poking is like justified because you're just that same old person who just blows up, right? It's like, mm-hmm. but you were pushing that guy and you, you know, you or that girl, you were pushing them and you're pushing them and you're pushing them and you're pushing yeah, them. Yeah, being a stumbling block. Yeah. And like, so it's not like, it's not entirely clear, like what is even happening in these scenarios. Like there's two people living in a house and both of whom are sinners and sin, sin can manifest itself in, 
in many different ways. And I, I remember growing up that I, I mean, I used to pride myself in my like ability to never like yell. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was full of bitterness and I was full of anger. It just took different forms. So, and the same thing, I mean, like there's like the cold shoulder is just as destructive to a marriage as the whirlwind. Right. <laughs> like it really is like, you know, so like what kind of anger are you showing? You know, are you showing the cold shoulder? Are you showing the bitterness? Are you showing the, like, what, what are we talking about? You know? And so like, that doesn't mean that like, you know, um, well, I, it, the, you know, <laughs> there's been plenty of bitter, cold shoulder person who has ruined their marriage too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so, you know, and I'm saying that as a person who doesn't struggle with like the loud stuff. <laughs> I'm saying mm-hmm. that as a person who struggles with the quiet stuff. And I mean, that can destroy a marriage, like just like the loud stuff can. So like the issue is like in these scenarios, like what you want is you want repentance. Like that's what you want. You want repentance. And like what you want is a restored relationship. And if it's just like, you know, like thank God I'm not like that person over there with their loud anger kind of thing. Like there's something really weird happening. Like do you not see your own heart at all? Right. So now you don't have to go this, you know, the victim route where you're like, like, man, like, um, you know, it's all my fault. If I would just be perfect, they wouldn't yell at me and hit me every week, you know, kind of thing. It's like, no, like if they're hitting you, like we're totally talking about a different category of thing here. And that's never, I mean, you know, like that is never even remotely justified, you know, unless you're talking Mm -hmm. about like some sort of crazy situation that I've never been in where, you know, you're sitting there literally, yeah, berating and insulting and you know uh screaming and hollering at someone you know for hours and hours every day of their life and at some point they lose it like my goodness like that wasn't justified but it it, it wasn't what you're saying either right mm-hmm. so but but the point there is just to say in those scenarios like i i do think you have to do some kind of reasonable inventory like am i provoking this person to wrath Am I pushing the? Am I pushing them and pushing them and pushing them? Like what am like what 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 kind of like without taking full responsibility for the reaction? You can take you can say, am I provoking in any way that like a reasonable right. person looking on the outside would say, like what are you doing? You know, like and and so. But I, I think what you have to do though is if if it is going to that like yelling and screaming and destructive loud stuff. I mean, I do think you you know um, you need to repent of this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back and I want to be reconciled. If you refuse to be reconciled, I'm going to get someone involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, there is something to be said about, you know, as the person who uh, thinks that they're experiencing some sort of, you know, verbal berating constantly all the time or whatever, or, or maybe it's just one really big time or something. There is something to be said about, humbling yourself enough to examine your own actions and your own um, desires and motivations and say, Hey, have I contributed to this situation? Basically, basically just pulling the plank out of your own eye. So you can see clearly to remove. Right. That's very different than like, you know, I'm, you know, know, could it be that I burnt the toast and that's why they hit me again? Sure. You know, like that's, I think there's some kind of, 
you know, honey, if you just cook better, I wouldn't hit you so much. You know, it's like, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous, man. Like that's stupid. Like, you know, and so like, that's not what I'm saying, but there is a like, yeah, maybe if I didn't yell at him for four hours, he wouldn't have yelled at me back, you know? He wouldn't. Yeah. 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 He would, he wouldn't have made the face. Yeah. Like, so, and like, you know, but what you have to do is you have to figure out what scenario you're in, right? What, what scenario we're in first. And so like what, what's happening though, is that whenever any, any, any individual claims to be in that scenario, you think of the worst possible scenario. And if you don't, like you don't immediately go there, you're like the worst person imaginable. And it just, right. it has to stop. What are we talking about? Like, what are we saying with these words? Right. Now, another question that I did want to ask you um, is, do you think that there's ever times that God is actually honored when you emotionally abuse someone? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. I mean, Let's not explain that one at all. Uh, <laughs> all right. You explain white, you a whitewash tombs, you know, you brood of vipers, like. You know, I mean, isn't that sub, like dehumanizing them? Um, yeah, he's calling them animals. Like, uh, you know, isn't he treating them like animals? You know, like yeah. false prophets are like brute beast, you know, made to be caught and destroyed. <laughs> like, right. That? Threats of violence and, uh, you know, everything else. And like, uh, you know, Lord, break the teeth of the wicked. You have imprecatory prayers like at that, like, right. at that point. And so, I mean, sure, I mean, I think there's... Yeah, the Bible calls calls false teachers a lot of really mean names. Really, yeah, I can. I mean, it is pretty funny, you know, because it's like, uh, like one of my, one of the funniest scenarios is where Jesus. I, just read the Sermon on the Mount and like notice like how like he's right in the Sermon on the Mount and he's literally talking to these people, like the Pharisees who are standing there, you know, and like the Pharisees bind heavy burdens that you know they refuse to bear you know unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and pharisees you know right there you know front row you, know, like, <laughs> you will never enter the kingdom of heaven you know and there are times when he's doing that you know and like the lawyers are like hey jesus you know when you talk about the pharisees that way you're condemning us too and he goes oh well woe to you lawyers you know <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't deter him you know so yeah, oh thanks for the reminder yeah, yeah, thank you guys yeah. yeah so but i mean it's just like uh like I, I think there's a place for strong words and there's there's a place for um like um you know uh generalizations even, you know, Cretans are lazy, evil uh, evil beasts and gluttons, you know, this testimony is true. Like there there's there's place for <laughs> place for that <laughs> kind of thing. Didn't John Calvin call people donkeys? Um I I I imagine he did. I, I know that uh uh Luther frequently called people monkeys you know like he would say that their exegesis was like monkey like you know like uh and i'm sure that he called i sure that, Lu that you may be thinking of luther luther called people i might be the different word for donkey uh yeah quite yeah. frequently if that's what you're referring to but he he had uh, some pretty colorful invective for sure um but no i i think that there are places um like like there are pla like you know there are places for like, um, like, uh, strong language, strong language. And even like, uh, uh, like even, you know, pejoratives, like there, there are places for, um, like, um, stop behaving so wickedly, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, uh, like there, there are, there are, um, there are, you know, things within that, that, uh, within that broader definition for sure that there, yeah. there are times and places for, but.
Yeah. Your father is Satan. You, know, <laughs> you were of rogue. your father the devil and you right. he was a murderer from the very beginning so. rogue waves casting up the foam of your own shame yeah uh, yeah <laughs> they get pretty creative with some of them <laughs> yeah i mean don't read some of that stuff in ezekiel you know you hoard after the babylonians and <laughs> lusted after you know, all that but uh, so so are you saying that there's times where we should actually be called like we okay so i get it the bible says those things you know all right that's that's god that's the apostles that's the prophets you know that's jesus himself uh, but are you saying that we are supposed to be saying those things as well? Well, that's, a, that's probably one of my you know big frustrations with um, much of our current evangelical leaders who are even supposed to be on the good side uh, of things at times to where they don't treat the issues as seriously as what they should. And so like in the name of charity, you know, I'm just thinking of guys like Tom Askell, you know, like the way that he interacts with fellow SBC guys. At times, it's just like it's just like they're all wonderful brothers as they yeah they're brothers they're wonderful brothers as they bring these horrible damnable doctrines into the SBC you know and it's just like these doctrines are the doctrines of demons they're you know damnable doctrines and but then they're good brothers you know it's just like well wait a minute <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah wait, wait wait hang on so so either so either you're not a you're not a you know, addressing the scenario correctly, or you're misunderstanding the scenario, and the doctrines are fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> but but what's happened though is like I think with many of our leaders who are trying to be more charitable, like universally, it's like if the demand is you're universally charitable, like if that's the demand. The problem though is that like what happens is like if you if there's this demand that you have to validate the false teacher, like then like you'll forgive people for listening to them, right? Yeah. Like you'll forgive, yeah. like, and so there has to be some kind of place for calling them what they are, like what they are, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just like, um, you know, the, like it, and it does no good to like rebuke disembodied error at that point. Like you have to, yeah. like, say, like there are peddlers of it, you know, and these are wolves devouring the sheep. And if, like, you know, if it was, like, if you, if it, if you think about the metaphor, like, in, like, you, you like like these if they were literally killing people right Mm -hmm. and the person they killed was like your church member like and they literally killed them and ate them like (laughs) it would do no good for you at that point just to say well this is a wonderful brother you know it just who's confused it's just like no man like you got to protect your people you know and that's what's that's what's happened with a lot of the evangelical world right now is that we don't have a category for calling like wolves, wolves, and then what happens is like they keep on consuming everyone. So it's just, and it's just like you, you like you just talk about you know critical theory is a problem. You know, as you invite all the critical theory guys to your conference, it's just like, well, what are we doing? You know, right? Like, what What are we doing? What are you saying? You know, like and so like like maybe if it's that serious, if this is the issue of our time, then quit inviting them. Like quit, like get them out of there. You know. I can uh, call them what they are, you know, until they repent, then, right. then restore them, you know, but actually call them to repentance. And like, that's the thing that we're refusing to do. And what we do is we just give them, you know, we invite them to speak, keep on considering them experts, invite them to all the conference. They keep on deceiving everyone. And it's just like, well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, cause you don't have a place for 
saying, you brood of vipers, you are of your father, the devil, right? Right. And that's what needs to happen. You need to say you're of your father, the devil, and you're doing his will. And that would make things very clear, you know? So now they can repent of that, you know, but they're not going to repent if you don't call them to repent. You need to repent and I'm going to treat you like an unrepentant wolf until you until you change. And then if you right. repent, I'm going to praise the Lord, you know, and you can be restored and we can be brothers again, but we're not going to be brothers as you're peddling the false teaching. Okay. Right. And you're doing that because that's the loving thing to do. So I mean, it's a loving thing for them and for the people they're deceiving, but mostly for the people right. they're deceiving, you know? Right. Um, you know, it's interesting. I remember when I was writing, uh, I wrote uh, a paper on why we should avoid singing Hillsong's music. And in my paper, I mean, I, I had to have a whole section that basically explained why Hillsong Church is not actually a church dedicated to worshiping God and serving him, but is instead, you know, a cult basically. And one of the warnings that I got from a few different people was, Hey, you know, you're, you're throwing out some pretty big accusations. You know, you're calling them wool. I, I just basically took a bunch of biblical, you know, names for false teachers and then called them those things all throughout the paper you know, I made a point to do it often, you know, and, and they, some of the critiques I got were, Hey, just, you know, be really careful. These are really heavy claims that you're making about them. And I think they're right. They are, they are big and heavy claims that we shouldn't just throw around willy nilly all the time. Just anytime anyone has a single doctrine, you know, that we disagree with, depending on what that doctrine is, I don't think the first resort should always be to, you know, refer to them as, as wolves and false teachers. But, but at the same time, I, I mean, I think we should, you know, I never got any warnings about um, being careful about who I called my brother in Christ, especially when it came to teachers. Well, that's a, but that's a but thing. I think we should be just as, just as careful about who we're calling that. Right. I mean, uh, you know, that's what, um, you're going to find in the epistles of John, like if you greet the false teacher, you know, and provide him hospitality, you're taking part of his evil deeds. Right. And so, but like the thing is like, it does no good to hypothetically like admit the possibility that there are false teachers in the church. If you can't name any, then, you know, forgive me if I don't believe that you actually believe that they're real or they're a significant threat. And so, but then as you read through the new Testament, what you're going to see over and over again is like that's the job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep from the wolves. And like, yeah. that's the job that our shepherds are failed at. Like they've failed at their job and they, like, because they can't identify, like they think the worst cardinal crime is to identify a wolf. But the thing is, if you can't identify, if you don't know any wolves, like, please forgive me if I think that you're not a good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, Paul, Paul tells us, Jesus tells us that after, you know, Jesus says after his departure, sav- savage wolves will come and, not spare the flock. And you know, right. during the time of the apostles, they came, you know, and they were there and they're still here and they're all over the place. And like, if you can't name any, it, then you don't, you're not, you're not doing your job. And, but like, that's one of the primary jobs of the pastor is to teach and to protect against, you know, these savage wolves that are not right. sparing the flock. And if you, you know, if you don't have a place for that, then you need a new job. Right. Now you mentioned the SBC, um, you, you know, and Tom Askell, uh, you know, he's claiming that there are, 
there are really bad doctrines being brought in and there's really big issues. I know that he's he said those things. I've heard him say those things, but then at the same time, you know, he he's very careful about um, you know, calling calling these people brothers still, even though they're bringing in destructive heresies and 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 whatever else. Um, so thinking about the SBC in particular, you know, especially in light of the recent um, you know, uh House Bill 813 in Louisiana and a an uh, abortion abolition bill basically and you have the <laughs> SBC ERLC um, uh, going in and lobbying with 70 other quote unquote pro-life organizations against the bill right um, I mean do you think that if we're talking about uh, you know quote unquote emotional abuse you know talking about talking about the the <laughs> you know the way that the way that Jesus talks about false teachers are we do you think at that point it's time to say all right there's a lot of SBC leaders that need to be counted in that group if they can't even if I they mean, can't they need even to be emotionally abused is what you're that saying need to, that need to be emotionally abused <laughs> if they can't even come out and say hey you know what a woman who hires an assassin to murder her unborn baby is guilty. If they can't say that, yep. then do they need to be emotionally that, abused well, as well? Well, um, let, let me use that to make a comment, which is why, which is why this is so funny. Like this is a, like this is a, I don't mean funny, like haha. I mean like funny as in like humorous, like this is a, like these same leaders are the ones who treat, like they're like circus monkeys. They come along and they treat every single accusation of abuse with the utmost seriousness. Mm-hmm. But then you're talking about like something like, can you think of anything that should be called abuse more than like sticking a pair of forceps up into a woman and dis- dismembering an unborn baby? I mean, abuse is putting it light. I mean, that's putting it light, you know. But but like you like you can like like these white knights for abuse, right? Like these individuals who are just like uh, knights in shining armor there to protect the victim. It's like there's like literal victims here that are being dismembered and like having their brain sucked out of their skull cavity, right? By these uh, psychopaths, and like if you cared so much about abuse. You would you would prosecute the women who are hiring those hitmen to do that. Yeah, you'd you know, be falling all over yourself to I do mean, it. Like, can you imagine? Like, it, like just just like think about like those individuals, the ERLC and the the SBC leaders who are writing articles on that. Like, can you imagine? Like, if a live black person in the South were to be tied down and dismembered by a group of white guys in the news. And, and to have his brain sucked out of his head. And like, do you, can you imagine what would happen if, if like, like the, the men were to come along and say, hey, we didn't do it ourselves. We just hired a group of people to do it. And we didn't know that this black guy was a human. We didn't know that they were a human and we didn't do it ourselves. So nothing should happen to us, right? Like nothing should happen to us because we didn't know he was human and we didn't do it ourselves, right? But then that's the kind of case that's being made with women 
in the right. case of abor- abortion. It's like, I didn't know it was a baby and I didn't do it myself. I just hired someone to do it. It's like, that doesn't fit. But then what you, you know that like you're dealing in clown world where like, like you, like those same evangelical leaders, they would be the, they would be tweeting nonstop about how unjust and how wrong that is. And like you, Oh yeah, you hang those guys like this is white supremacy that must be stopped at all costs. They've already done that. They've already done that. I know, but I mean, it's just like it's like we're not being serious. We're not being morally serious here. Like you know, we're we're posturing for a culture that demands us to like consider certain things to be outrageous and then to ignore others. And like, what's actually happening is we're bought. Like we're bought. Like our loyalties are compromised and they're bought. And that's what's happening. And so, like, like, so when you hear the word abuse, all these big name evangelicals, they're trained to think, well, I have to respond like a circus monkey to that. No matter what it is, no matter what we're even saying, I like there's a script I have to follow that's written for me. And the same thing happens in ethnic things, but then related to the abortion things, it's like you say all day long, hey, I'm pro-life, you know, but you don't believe it. And everyone knows you don't believe it. And the right. unbelievers don't know you. They know you don't believe it, you know, because they, if you did... If you really thought it was what it was, you would respond the same way if that was an adult, live black person, right? Right, yeah. You would know how to respond if it was an adult, live black person. There would be no lack of moral clarity. There would be none of these games that you're playing, right? You would know what to do. but There would be no nuance. No nuance. No winsomeness. No whimsy, nothing, you know? Um, no, not ideal for human flourishing going on, right? <laughs> like, this This is... Uh, um, moral evil right and so right it has to be stopped right and penalized you know and so but one of the most ridiculous things about that stupid abortion argument is it's just like you know we did an episode on that but i mean it's just like if if you literally make a law that says woman if you hire a hitman to kill your unborn baby like you're going to be prosecuted you're not prosecuting retro retroactively like you're going forward that would train, like the law would have the purpose of training individuals for morality. It'd be a curve towards immorality, as like Calvin's third use of the law talks about. It would be a curve at that point, and the Bible talks about, like that all would hear and fear and never again do such wickedness. At that point, you would have a chance through the law to provide moral clarity to a situation, meaning if there was any doubt that this is a human, the law has decided it's a human, so you can't do it anymore, you know? like <laughs> Right. Like, and so then if you, at that point, if you knowledgeably do it, you, you can't claim in it, like you can't, can't claim that, uh, like you didn't know anymore. The law has provided the moral clarity for you. That's the point. Right. Um, well, I think that's probably, at least for me, a good place to start wrapping it up. Was there anything that you wanted to, um, mention that maybe we, we hadn't covered yet? Yeah. Or or even just recap if you want. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as you're thinking about this kind of subject, I think the best thing we can do with the word abuse is just to um, put a moratorium on the word, use different words, and try to be intentionally biblical in the words that you're using and use biblical words in biblical categories. So if you're talking about sex abuse, what are you talking about? You're talking about rape? You're talking about fornication? You're talking about adultery? What are we talking about? Right? <coughs> um, are you talking about forced, like, intercourse like what are you talking like what what use biblical terms like uh, talk the way the bible talks did like the man sees the woman by force hold her down and lay with her is that what we're talking about is it forced 
uh, copulation. What what are we saying? You know, is it rape? Is it murder? Is it or is it rape? Is it adultery? Is it fornication? Is it consensual? What is it? Like use biblical terms. If you're talking about physical abuse, what are we talking about? Like define what you're saying. Quit using physical abuse. Just you know, are you talking about he hit you? You talking about he pushed you? What did he do? Right? Did he strike you? You know, as the Bible would say, like what or did she strike you? She throw something at you. What what are we saying? Use different words. If we're talking about verbal emotional abuse, what are we saying? You know, like were you yelled at? Were you insulted? Were you reviled over a long period of time? Were you intimidated? Like like what are we saying? Like uh, were you coerced like into a specific action? What are we saying? What what are the moral categories that we're using? What was the situation? What was the circumstance? Ask those basic questions. And, you know, I think as we're ministering to people in that kind of scenario, like you have to figure out on a case-by-case basis, how do you respond to that? You know, is it morally justified? Is it unmorally justified? You know, is it is this a case of someone saying something you didn't like, like dead naming you, right? <laughs> Like it just that was right and was faithful. Like, is this, what are we talking, what are we saying? Like, uh, use biblical language and then treat it like, you know, think through, like, I think if you could just take that word out of it, it takes away, um, like a certain expectation of how you respond to it. And then you can handle on a case by case basis. What is the appropriate scenario and situation that you're talking about? But I think the best thing we can do is just quit using the word, like refuse to use it. Like, I wish our evangelical leaders would just refuse to use that word and use different words. Right. Well, um, yeah, hopefully, guys, this has been a, a pretty helpful episode for you uh, in terms of understanding some of these things and, and knowing how to navigate these situations because they're just, uh, in this day and age, I mean, you're just going to run into people who make all sorts of different claims and and it can be pretty confusing knowing how do I how do I navigate uh, these situations in a way that honors the Lord and um, is do and in a way that uh, lets me do the most loving thing for the people around me, even if they even if they don't feel like it's the most loving thing that you're doing for them. And so, hopefully, this has been a helpful conversation uh, for you that that blesses you guys and and does equip you uh, for these conversation for these conversations, for these uh, works in ministry. So we want to thank all you guys for listening and supporting us, and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.